Kurt, thank you so much for coming on Startup Steroid today. I'm really excited to speak with you and learn more about quick safety. Uh, but before we get into that, I, I have to highlight the, uh, the flags behind you. <laughs> one flag is uh, Wyoming, I believe. One is Australia, because you're actually in Queensland right now. Uh, walk us through what you have behind uh, behind you and the story there. Yeah, so I was, uh, you can probably tell by my, my voice, um, some Americans can, some can't, so we'll, we'll just <laughs> go with that. But I was originally born in Wyoming, which is hence the Wyoming state flag. Um, so I was born and raised on a cattle property in Wyoming and then, um, so that's the U S flag. So that's my national citizenship, uh, naturally. And then, uh, 33 and two and a half years ago, I then immigrated to Australia. So that's the Australian flag there. And, um, that was only after I had spent, um, six years and three months in the U S Navy on nuclear fast attack submarines out of Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So let, let's start with that background. Uh, tell us about your experience and your entry into this, uh, to the world of uh, electricity. Yeah, well, I mean, um, born and raised in Wyoming on a, on a cattle ranch, um, <laughs> you know, we had electricity, but it wasn't, uh, we never really focused that much on it. And it wasn't until my Navy career that I actually went into advanced digital and laser electronics. So when I did my testing and got into the Navy, um, you know, they asked us what we wanted to do and what we qualified for. And therefore, I just basically um, put up my hand and said, well, yeah, that looks like a good field. And I qualified during my testing for it. And, um, and that's where I started my electronics and uh, digital laser technology um, skill set. And from there, that passion just grew. And even from that date on, which has been almost 40 years ago, I have still followed along that same skill set in the industries that I've actually worked in and around. Wow, fantastic. So how long were you with the Navy? So six years and three months. And okay. like I said, I was uh, did most of my training in Southern California and San Diego. Uh, that's where all the schooling was and where my basic training was. And then um, I also then from there went and was stationed on the USS Sturgeon, which is a fast attack submarine out of Charleston, South mm -hmm. Carolina. And I was stationed in Charleston for a little over four years. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. So what, ha what happened after you left the Navy? What, uh, how did you get into a career as uh, an electrician? Um, so... I had planned to actually come to Australia with a mate of mine from, from Wyoming. Um, he was actually dating, he was actually dating a girl from Newcastle, which is in Australia. And so he got me excited about Australia, but then he piked out. He, he basically said, no, I'm not going. So I said, well, I'm really interested about this place. I'm still going. So <laughs> the moment I checked out of the Navy and I got my discharge check, I jumped on a flight and I flew to Australia and traveled around Australia. So I did that for about eight months. And, um, and saw a lot of Australia and absolutely loved it, loved the people and um, never really thought that that's where I would end up. I was just appreciating, you know, the country for what it was. And um, I met a girl and there's, there's always a girl in a story. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I met this girl on the Sunshine Coast and um, lo and behold, that was who I was supposed to meet and she's my soulmate. And so... 32 years of marriage later, well, here I am. And wow. um, I came back to the States. We got um, engaged in the Bahamas 
and then got married here in Australia and I've never left. So this is, this is home. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so now let's, let's get up to uh, uh, where you started quick safety. What was the problem that you were noticing and uh, what was sort of the solution that was sort of developing in the back of your mind? Yeah. So one of the, one of the first things I noticed here, I mean, the Navy is super regulated. You, you got to imagine on a submarine, you can't have something fail. You're, you're under the water. You've got thousands of pounds of pressure. You know, um, you can't have anything fail and, and you can't, a submarine isn't like a big surface ship to where you can take a lot of parts. So you have a limited amount of parts and you, you have to make sure that things don't fail. So it was that same mentality that I brought to Australia in saying, well, hey, um, this is the way I'm used to operating. And then watching the industry operate here to where there were no real super, you know, strict guidelines. Um, they had the Australian standards and the federal standards, uh, state regulations, state electrical acts, uh, workplace health and safety acts. They had all these regulations that were based around making sure the electricity industry was safe, but they had no oversight. So that was what really got me. I was like, well, how can you have all these rules and not have anybody ensure that it's happening? And when I was in the industry, everybody was like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. We don't, we don't test. So at the end of every job in Australia, they're mandated to test. And right. that, that testing is vital because it assures that that property isn't going to catch fire. It isn't going to electrocute somebody and that it's completely safe. You know, you're not going to lose power. So it's basically a check on the electrician's work. Right. So when I found out that that wasn't happening as much as it should, um, I started to investigate why is that? What, it, what are the issues? And so over the years, then we, we came to develop quick safety. Right. So the way I'm understanding this is lots of speed limits, but no police officers to make sure you're going at that speed, right? Is that, is well, that fair understanding? Hey, that's, that's exactly the analogy I give here, Duval. So okay. Great thinking. But what I, what I relate it to is like, you know, when you go through to get your driver's test, you, you get the instruction book and you read all the rules and regulations. Right. And, and, and here in Australia, we have certain classifications of roads that will always be that speed limit, okay? So you take your test and now you're out. So as an electrician, I get my, uh, my qualifications, now I'm out. Yeah. Um, but you had mentioned speed signs. In the electrical industry here and basically globally as well, there are no speed signs. There's nothing to remind the electricians that that's what they should be doing. Mm. So, and most, most certainly as well, there's no policemen. So if right. you don't have a policeman that you know is going to pull you up, why, why would you test? Right. You know, it, it's only your own conscience that actually is guiding you to do the right thing. Um, and I have a, a very thankful story, um, but a very true story of our son. So our son is now 27 and he used to work as a FIFO, fly in, fly out. And so he came back from that commercial industrial work to do residential work on the Gold Coast, which is about two hours from here. In the space of nine months, we nearly lost him twice to fatal electrocutions. And, and that is no 
no story, that's fact. And the reason being is because the previous electricians that was in the installation to where he was working did not test. Because if, if they would have even wow. done one test, they would have picked up that that was highly wrong and that the, the entire property was basically live. So he physically got electrocuted twice. And one of those times was he really shouldn't have recovered from that electrocution. But he wow. did, which I'm very thankful for. So this is this is very personal for me. But this this all happened after we started developing quick safety. Right. It wasn't the pivotal point for me to develop it. It was after I was already down this track and we had a product out in the market. Right. And and this is nothing new, right? You were telling me before we started recording that this happens a lot more a lot often than you know what we believe and uh uh, we've lost lots of lives to this, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've lost lives. We've lost infrastructure assets. Um, Zurich Insurance. So Zurich Insurance and Quick Safety have paired together from about October last year in that two of their highest paid risk profiles globally, which they were trying to find solutions for, were hotworks and fires caused by electrical faults and failures. So those are the two highest payouts that Zurich globally have, which they right. want to combat because they don't, they don't want to pay out insurance. Okay? Right. Right. So um, when they found quick safety, then we satisfied all the electrical sections <laughs> for them. Um, okay. And, and this electrocutions that happen on a daily basis, um, a lot of them go unreported because they know if they get reported, that the electrical regulator is going to find that asset owner. So right. why would you put your hand up and say somebody got electrocuted here if it's going to cost you money? Right, right, right. Incredible. So what's the solution to all of this? What, what was the initial vision that you came up with to solve this problem? Yeah, um, the, the problem affects every single buddy, everybody along this pipeline. Right. So you have the electricians in the field at the moment, which are regulated federally and state to do a series of nine tests at the end of every job. So part of the problem of why they don't is because there's complex formulas based against those and they're, they're always changing. Not the standards are changing, but the cable parameters are changing. So different size cable, different power, uh, different overcurrent protection device type, there's, 10 different things that change within each circuit. Right. So, so they're really unsure of what they should be, you know, even though if they do it, they're doing their testing and they're getting a reading, they don't have the, the confidence to say, yes, this passes, which is why we've developed quick safety. So it's, and why we put it onto an app. So the electricians, and they all have phones. So the electricians put their actual figures in here now off the test meter. And this tells them pass or fail. And it does so either online or offline because we knew we had to take this into oil and gas infrastructures, down mine sites, because what we actually provide is a product from residential all the way to oil and gas. So any right. building or infrastructure that has power, this is where this is used. Yep. And then the electrical contractor, which is their boss that sits above them and engages them, their risk is here as well. But now they have a transparent portal to clearly see pass or fail certificates been issued um, able to recall that for the regulator and as an asset owner now 
Now they have a complete data bank of all the testing of their project. But one of the super interesting things that we have developed within this product is now that we have all the information setting in one portal from whatever electrician, from whatever contractor, now for the first time ever globally, we can predict and prevent power faults and failures. So in the mine sites, that's amazing because um, if they've got a drag line costing them $400,000 an hour and they lose power for that for a day and a half while they replace the cable, they just accept that. Right. But now they don't have to because we can predict and prevent that power failure. The other thing we can prevent is electrocutions. So now because we're monitoring information within that circuit, we can now tell and predict when things should be changed and when things should be replaced before an electrocution happens. And the last thing and the most important thing probably is electrical fires with assets. Mm. So now those three things we can predict and prevent with the current app that we have out on the market now. Fantastic, fantastic. So this is obviously a tool for electricians, obviously a tool for contractors, but the asset owners now, you know, you're talking to Zurich Insurance, this, this is valuable information for insurers, for that asset owner. Uh, is that right? Exactly. So insurers are a big part of our market, but right. the primary part of our market and our reshifting in focus since November last year is the fact that we're going after the commercial asset owners now mm. because the commercial asset owners are sitting back here thinking, yes, everything's all right because I've had an electrician come in here and do this work. They, they didn't realize they did the work, but they didn't test. Okay. Right. So now we give them that transparency. So now we're working with several different commercial companies to provide the oversight that they needed to have and they should have had from the very beginning. But now they mandate that on the site. And now every single contractor and every single electrician uses quick safety. And that information is pushed back to the, to the asset owner, which is why AGL here in Australia is now looking at this as well as Brisbane city council. So Brisbane is our capital of Queensland. So the Mm -hmm. entire city council is now looking at using quick safety to monitor their assets because if they can prevent electrocutions within the actual asset structure and limit their risk profile, it's a win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see that this being an extremely valuable tool uh, from that perspective. Um, So what's your sort of go-to-market strategy in this or going forward at least? Are you targeting the insurance companies? Are you targeting the asset ma- uh, asset owners? Um, how how are you sort of approaching these guys? So so currently at the moment we we have a solid product. We need to do some refactoring in the back end. So which is why we are out for our raise round at the moment, our seed round. Um, so we have some refactoring to do. Um, a few more additions, like we we already have in Jira. We already have over three hundred different variations that we want to put through the app to make it even better than what it is at the moment. It's, it's an amazing product now, but we already know we've already got our roadmap for the next 318 iterations uh, (laughs) already planned out. Um, But, but our, our go to market strategy is that commercial customer base. And so we're targeting uh, large organizations. We're now uh, I'm a keynote speaker at one of our largest mining safety um, meetings coming up here in June this year. So that will hit the electrical inspectors 
and electrical engineers for mine sites. So it's, it's those type of infrastructures, um, asset owners that have never ever had the ability to monitor this before. No one, no one has anything like this remotely out. The, the nearest thing would be iAuditor by Safety Culture, which basically lets them keep from putting it into paper and put it into digital. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't validate. It's not right. transparent through the pipeline. It's not a certified product. So we have the only certified AS3000, 3017 product on the entire planet at the moment. And it's fully approved by all nine state electrical regulators in Australia and New Zealand. So let's talk about that a little bit more. I, I want to dig into this because, you know, you, 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 there's a plethora of regulations, uh, uh, bodies that are sort of tracking all these things. Um, tell us a little bit more about how that works and how you're sort of solving that problem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, and this is a primary reason why the federal and federal governments and the state electrical regulators love what we do. They have been fully supportive of us since I approached them back in 2009. Because um, in 2009, we had to get approval to go from a written signature by an electrician to a secure four-digit PIN. And even though that process took us about a year, we did get the approval for that. Um, so that was our first hurdle before we even went into development. But, but those standards, like you said, there's, there's a plethora of standards and they're changing. You know, it's, it's a liquid form. Uh, they're just reviewing the Electrical Safety Act in Queensland at the moment. So sometime later this year, early next year, there'll be a new electrical standards out. Um, we have people sitting on the Electrical Safety Board, which we know what they're planning before they even release it. So we had a new Australia Standards AS3000 version come out in um, about a year and a half ago, and we already had that embedded within our app the moment it was released out on the market. So. So we're well ahead of what's coming and what they are thinking about, which is some of our 318 things we're going to implement are based on their talks they're having internally behind closed doors at the moment. Fantastic. Fantastic. You were telling me about an example again before we hit record that uh, uh, this is uh, in, uh, regarding a particular wire that was imported into Australia. Uh, this was a Chinese-made wire. Tell us that story because I think that really sheds a lot of light on what these kinds of issues are uh, that are going missed right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and so this gets back to exactly why I went down the compliance path. So um, initially my whole thought process around this was um, in 2009 in Australia, we had the federal government fund insulation for houses, for residential houses. So you could basically get it for next to free because the, the government wanted to lower the actual use of electricity within Australia, keep houses warmer. Right. So it was a good plan, great initiative, but once again, no oversight because everybody and their brother could take and install this. We had to have no qualifications. There was no instructions. Uh, you just bought the insulation from some store and just whacked it up in the ceiling and that's it. <laughs> what this caused was danger in the industry because when they were putting the insulation in and the foil-based insulation, they were stapling this down into the actual rafters. Right. When they did that, they would go through an electrical cable. So what that meant was that entire ceiling was now electrified. Wow. So this, this ended up killing seven tradesmen in Australia. And the last, so this was 2009. 
So last year, so 2020, so we're talking, you know, 11 years later, it killed another electrician in Perth, Western Australia. Um, so this still happens. And, and I thought to myself, why don't people know? Why, why don't the electricians know they shouldn't go up there unless they turn the power off? Right. And so then that was 2009, 2010, we had a Chinese cable manufactured by Infinity imported into Australia. 2012, a federal regulator recalled that in the cable because the insulation was not to the Australian standards. Insulation and what happened of was, the wire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and which is critical because right. what happened is, is that over time, with power going through that wire, the insulation melted off and caught fire. Wow. So this was causing asset fires left, right, and center here in Australia. So the ACCC, a federal government agency, recalled that cable. Once again, the electricians out in the field had no idea that that was recalled. So they're still rolling this out. You know, as an electrician, we know which cable we're using because it's right by the meter mark. So we're, we're inventorying how many meters we rolled out on our project. Right. So we know what, who the manufacturer is. It's not like we don't know. Right. But the information wasn't getting to the electricians. So I said, oh, my gosh, what's going wrong with this system? You know, the, there is no system. Even after the insulation scheme, there still is no system. And so I thought, well, I've got to do something about this. So I started investigating it. And what I found was contractors were the ones who would pick up the information from the safety alert channels. Okay. But they would only sign up to one, maybe two safety alert channels. The electricians in the field, they count on their contractor. So the contractor would put their admin email address. They would get, admin would get six, 700 emails a day. They'd go, oh yeah, I think that goes over here for toolbox talk. And then it would never get to us in the field. You know, right. rarely. I could never say never, but rarely would get to us in right. the field. So the danger is still there. But the reality of the whole picture is, is there's 23 safety alert channels across Australia and New Zealand that can put an alert that affects every electrician in Australia. And, and they don't talk to each other. Right. So what we did was uh, September 23rd, 2019, in the actual app, we released the first ever free national safety alert channel for electricians. We take all 23 safety alert channels, put them into the app, and it goes directly to the electricians in real time. And what we're doing is now for things like infinity cable that's caused uh, that value now is about over $700 million in damage on assets wow. um, and the electrocutions of the, uh, the seven tradesmen. Um, we're preventing that in real time because if it's a high level alert, it actually comes over the face of the app and it blocks the electrician from using the app. Right. So now we're stopping potential um, safety hazards for individuals, residents, asset owners, as well as industry damage in real time because the electrician has to open that up, read it, and acknowledge it before they yep. can go back to work. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. This is uh, this is obviously a huge public service. So uh, fantastic and and uh, and a fantastic business idea. So now you're working with uh, Zurich. Um, 
Tell me about what you envision over the next, let's say, 12 months, what you hope to achieve uh, uh, in the near future. I guess, I guess from our perspective, I mean, it, it's like innov any innovative tech product. Um, you have a lot of great tech products out there, but it's the, it's the recognition, it's the, the letting people know what you have. All I basically want to focus on in the next 12 months is getting Quick Safety's name out through as many channels as I can to actually tell people, this is what we have, and this is what it'll do for you. If you choose to use it, that's fine. If not, that's fine as well. Right. But at least it's the industry knowledge because what we've developed has never been seen in the market before. Um, so, so we're trying to educate. So our biggest piece in the next 12 months is that education piece. We were just on CalCon TV uh, last week. We've got another TV spot coming up here in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so we're getting out to these channels to try to publicize what quick safety does. So our marketing budget, as well as our, our product development uh, and our go-to-market strategy is part of that is going to be the marketing so that people will know what we're doing. I mean, the company, the senior risk engineer from AGL, um, they actually found us from just a Google search. And that's the way most people are finding us now. Right. Through a so we know I have our SEO going well, but we need, we need industry bodies. We need, and we have great connections within the industry, but it takes money to then promote in those industries. And yeah. that's what we've done. We've locked the product down, got a super strong product. Now it's time for us to do our marketing. Fantastic. Great idea. And now let's uh, give me a sort of an idea of what that long-term vision is. What do you hope to uh, achieve in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Where do you hope to take, uh, take the company? Um, so um, long-term, we have, I have several different phases of what we've created. So we've created the nice, easy way to do what we're doing. Okay, it, it's fast, it's effective. Yes, it's cost us you know, a fair amount in tech development, but by the electricians using the app, um, it's an easy, easy entrance into the market. It eliminates a lot of issues. Um, the next thing that we plan to do, and we've already started talking with Fluke USA and Yokogawa, which are meter manufacturers, is to Bluetooth the actual meter information into the app seamlessly so the electricians don't have to data entry right so that that will be the next iteration is to have that seamlessly so yokogawa are willing to make a meter specifically for us because they know what we've developed right so that will be the next iteration is to then use existing bluetooth meters and yokogawa's new meter in the market to then seamlessly input into there um the next phase after that is really exciting <laughs> because don't tell the electricians this, but, but we want to take the electricians clear out of the equation. So okay. what we're doing is we're going to develop hardware to set within every single switchboard, every distribution board, and it will actually monitor 24 seven, all of these test results and mm. report seamlessly. So that will prevent, uh, any electrician involvement whatsoever and that will be a continual monitored system to to be able to pick up in real time 
exactly any iterations because you've only got to think in, in a mine site. So you, you got a mine site, you got cable trays going down alongside the wall, you got a front end loader going down the mine site. He's looking at somewhere else and bang, he hits the cable tray and he gets out and he looks at it and he goes, oh, I just ended the cable tray. He didn't actually see that he stripped off the insulation off right. of one of those wires. And now that's an active situation there that could uh, cause a fire or electrocution. And so in the actual hardware scenario, we could pick that up immediately and say, hey, this board, this switch, this cable on this plant, you need to go to that because there's something yeah. seriously wrong there at the moment. That's incredible. That's that's insight that doesn't exist right now that, that we don't yeah. have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Incredible. And the biggest thing is, I mean, people, um, the, the strange thing about it is, is people, you know, when I go to talk to mine sites about, you know, power, you know, supply, they go, oh, yeah, we have redundant systems. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you do. What is it? And they go, oh, well, we got a generator sitting right here. Right. Great. That's the power source. Right. But you don't have a redundant system for every single cable. Right. Because otherwise you'd have to put two cables going to every piece of equipment. <laughs> and then if one failed, you jumped over to the other one. No one has right. that. Right. What we specifically focus on is continual power supply. And that's through the cable that goes from point A to point B. And, and we monitor that and make sure it's safe and fully compliant to the Australian and New Zealand regulations. And soon to be to whatever country you're in, whatever there's electrical regulations are fantastic fantastic kurt thank you so much this this uh talk has been really insightful i think we covered a lot of bases uh is there anything i should know that i didn't ask you uh anything that's on your mind uh um no i i think i mean you, you ask about our our marketing strategy so i mean one of the innovative ways because i'm always thinking outside the box i'm always thinking what can we do better what what can we do that nobody else does? And so we've, you know, for about the last six months, we've introduced a referral program. Okay. So our referral program now makes any single person a marketing agent for quick safety. So, so I think for us, it's the quickest way to spread the word because um, what happens is, is you now know about quick safety. So now you're talking to a Rio Tinto mine somewhere. And you talk right. to their electrical engineer and you say, oh, yeah, you know, this is a great system. You got to look at it. You know, would you like me to give him, Kirk, to give you a call? He says, yeah, 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 that'd be great. So you pass that information on to me. Now, what happens is you're registered as a referral agent, okay? Now, what happens is when Rio comes on board, we peel 3% of their monthly invoice off to you for 24 months. Right. So in, in the case of here in Australia, uh, we did a six-month trial with Coles, Coles Express, and Liquorland. So big supermarket, big liquor, liquor yep. uh, chain store. So somebody to introduce us into that would have equated to nearly $65,000 over 24 months. Right. So this is how we actually have people actively now promoting quick safety uh, for us in industries that they're already working in. So we have uh, asset management systems. We have um, people who are in electrical inspections. We have thermography people. We have all these people promoting wow. safety for us. 
um, which is increasing our, our, our reach. Fantastic. That's, that's, uh, that's a great uh, marketing tactic. So uh, really innovative, good, good, uh, really a great job on that. Um, so once again, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, taking the time to sort of educate us on quick safety. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for your company and what you're developing. Uh, I wish you all the luck in the world and uh, I hope through our network we can get you the right resources to keep going on that journey. No worries. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, uh, to have this great talk with you and, uh, and with your listeners. And if there's anything that we can do or assist you with, please let us know. We're, we're basically an open book. I, uh, I have no secrets. It, it's, more <laughs> of, it's more of I know where we're going. I just need to get us from A to B and then from B yep. to C and up, up the ladder. And keep moving. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Fantastic, Kurt. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. No worries, mate. Thanks.